Hi everyone, welcome back to Final Film. Today I'm bringing you, um, I suppose it's something a little bit different, two reviews in one. So I'm just going to refer to this as a bit of a classic film review. We're going to be looking at Reservoir Dogs and Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Uh, the reason for this is there's been some re-releases. I think the Planes and Trains one is more around an anniversary. The Reservoir Dogs is just a 4K remaster. Um, but I will admit now, I've seen both of these films before, watched them again this week, and the reasons for me wanting to check them out again, I've not been able to do. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll go through Reservoir Dogs first and kind of shed a little light on what it was that I was looking for and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're unf unfamiliar, a bit of a synopsis from the press notes. So four perfect killers, one perfect crime, critically acclaimed for its raw power and breathtaking ferocity as the brilliant American gangster movie classic from writer-director Quentin Tarantino. Uh, they were perfect strangers assembled to pull off the perfect crime. Then the simple robbery explodes into a bloody ambush and the ruthless killers realise one of them is a police informer, but which one? Now, I watched this for the first time when I was a, either college or uni student. It was around about that time where like, I was doing film studies stuff and I was wanting to go back and see all these different films from these di different directors' filmographies. I think at that point I'd seen Kill Bill I was going back and watching Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Um, I do maintain that this is my favourite of Tarantino's films. Um, I've not yet seen Jackie Brown, The Hateful Eight, but I think between the ones that I have seen, which are pretty much the rest of them, this is the one that I enjoy the most. It's the shortest. Whether that has something to do with it or not is a different story. Uh, the narrative, I quite like the way that it's layered and stuff like that. I love that Tarantino's self-indulgence goes all the way back to his first film. Like, of course he's going to put himself in it. Why is he not going to put himself? And not showing us the heist, holding back, withholding that information, and then telling us certain little bits of information. Like, we know, we get to know Tim Roth's character of Mr. Orange really, really well. Uh, My, Michael Madsen's Mr. Bond is very sort of enigmatic. He's deemed to be a little bit of a loose cannon from the rest of them, Harvey Keitel, Mr. White, is trying to pull all these things together. Tarantino's Mr. Brown pops up every now and again. Steve Buscemi, Mr. Pink, quite like Steve Buscemi in this role. Usually he's cast as a sort of weedy sidekick character, whereas this, he's, he's got a little bit more oomph to his character. We don't see too much of Mr. Blue, played by um, Edward Bunker, but again, they sort of they come well together in that, in that now classic opening scene where they're all sat around the dining table and obviously Mr. Pink doesn't tip. Um, so I think the script does overdo it and like you, you know you're going back and watching it now in 2022 and you're thinking far too many racist comments being made here far too many homophobic terms being just banded around and thrown around now to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit when these films get released I'm on a mailing list that sends out different press releases and all that kind of stuff and I got an email one day saying that um, it has been given a new 4K remaster or transfer and it's been released in a steelbook. And I posted tw pictures on Twitter of the steelbook. Um, it's got a sort of slipcase that makes it look like the, the officer's ears coming off uh, in that, again, classic scene. But I watched all of it. And again, this might make me sound a little bit daftier. I watched all of it. I watched the special features. I loved the transfer. I thought it was an absolutely stunning transfer. I think it really pops and it looks great. And it was only at that point 
where I realized that I hadn't been sent the 4K disc. I'd been sent the standard Blu-ray disc. So while I wanted to review the 4K transfer and tell you all how it looks on 4K, I'm unable to do that because I've not seen the 4K transfer unless this is the 4K transfer but just filtered down to Blu-ray and I have seen this new version of it. Um, but just to talk about the, the, the one that I saw then with the transfer, I was concerned how it would turn out because of the low budget, but the details of the suits, the deep blacks, the warehouse and the blood socks seemed to really crisp. It walked a fine line of being really, really clear, but then at the same time looking a little bit aged, and it has that sort of charm to it, and you know that you're watching a film that is now 30 years old, in that you know that it's an older film, but it looks that good that you can believe that it's actually something more contemporary and something more recent, but it reminds you that you're watching a classic. I am intrigued now to see what the 4K transfer looks like, whether it looks anything like the thing that I watched. So I was watching the Blu-ray through the 4K UHD in, in my PlayStation. So whether there's, a, there's an amount of upscaling that's happened there, I'm not too sure, but this transfer looked impeccable and I can only assume that it is the new transfer and this is what I'm watching. But I was a bit disappointed that it wasn't the 4K transfer that I was watching. Um, to go through the special features, all of this is legacy com is content. It's nothing new. So if you've got a copy of the Blu-ray, you've seen all this kind of stuff before. So deleted scenes, I think it's very rare that you have a deleted scene and think, they should have left that in the film. And again, it's exactly the same here. There's nothing new to add here. Uh, there's a feature called Playing It Fast and Loose, the impact and the legacy on the film, uh, on Contemporary Simmons following its release initially. A lot of talking heads, a lot of critics, a lot of academics showing how much they like the film. Again, included on a prior Blu-ray release, so there's nothing new here. Profiling the Reservoir Dog characters. So it's this is a strange one in that it takes each Mr. Colour character in turn to tell you a bit more about their character and to give you a bit of a deep dive on their character, character into backgrounds and stuff. It's probably more useful for the actors to know this kind of stuff, for getting into the psyche of the character, getting into the scene and, and sort of playing somebody in a certain way. Maybe not for us, maybe not for a sort of layman audience. We're not really too interested in that. But again, if you're a completist, if you're a fan of this, if this is your favourite film, it might be more interesting for you to go back and see something like this. Uh, not all of the features um, did sort of make it over um, from from previous iterations of the Blu-ray. So it was interesting to see which ones they'd cut out. But again, I think it was more sort of featurette stuff that happened here. It is definitely one for the completists. Now, like I say, I'm a bit upset, annoyed that... I wasn't able to do the 4K transfer or see the 4K transfer and that this was just the Blu-ray disc. But I think ultimately as a set, you're only going to be picking this up if you are a collector of 4K new transfers, which is something that I am sort of getting myself into a little bit. And whether or not you are just a fan of Reservoir Dogs and you manage to collect it on, you know, each different format. And I, I say that as somebody who, over that shoulder, I should say. Um, that's a copy of The Dark Knight. I've got two more copies of The Dark Knight downstairs. It's just the way that it is. Um, so The Reservoir Dogs is out now on limited edition 4K UHD. 
and a Blu-ray steelbook courtesy of Lionsgate UK. Um, it was released towards the end of November, so it's still sort of going around now. Um, again, the film is as good as it is. Nothing's changed there. This new transfer, whether it was the new transfer or not that I watched, I was very, very impressed with. And I am now intrigued to see what it actually looks like in 4K. But hopefully I can do that another time. So the other one from this week was Planes, Trains and Automobiles, where again, newly remastered on 4K UHD, Dolby Vision HDR10, Planes, Trains and Automobiles looks better than ever and is packaged with a bonus lost luggage Blu-ray disc containing over an hour of never-before-seen deleted and extended scenes that were recently discovered in the archives of writer, producer John and director John Hughes. The newly uncovered footage offers a unique glimpse into the filmmaking and editing process and features even more hilarious moments between Steve Martin and John Candy. As a John Hughes fan, this is why I wanted to look at this, in that I wasn't too bothered about how Planes, Trains and Automobiles, a film that doesn't visually stand out to me, would look on 4K or would have a look in its 4K transfer, I was more intrigued by the bonus content. Unfortunately, this time, sort of the opposite of the Reservoir Dogs, I was only sent the 4K disc. So I've seen the film again, seen the 4K transfer, but the features that it's just mentioned, so your lost luggage Blu-ray disc containing an hour of never-before-seen never deleted and extended scenes, I've actually still not seen because I wasn't sent that disc. There are features on the 4K disc. So the features on the 4K disc are things like getting those half the fun, the story playing strange automobiles, an old style junkie. Um, it's, it's almost like a talk show type thing that happened. Uh, John Hughes' life moves pretty fast. Two part documentary about him being the voice of a generation, heartbreak and triumph, the legacy of John Hughes. I wish I'd seen that before I now decided to stop teaching Ferris Bueller's Day Off to my GCSE classes, because that would have been a good documentary for us to throw in there. Uh, John Hughes for adults. Now, this is all looking at John Hughes going away from these coming-of-age films that he typically made in the 80s, so your Ferris, your, your uh, Pretty in Pink, your Weird Science, 16 Candles, all that kind of stuff, and then doing something a little different here. And I remember speaking to James King about this, the film critic, uh, when I did an episode on John Hughes films with him. And we were talking about how this was really sort of John Hughes's first adult film, his first foray into adult comedy. There's a lot more swearing in it. There's a lot more sort of adult themes that are happening here. Ultimately, it's about Steve Martin's character wanting to get home. But then it's also about uh, John, uh, John Candy's character dealing with loss and grief and how he's sort of living with living his life now at this point. And the final feature that is on this disc is a tribute to John Candy, which is more footage from the junket, that when I went into that, I thought this was going to be a sort of retrospective of John Candy's life and was going to be like a new thing. But it was all them saying about how much they liked working with John Candy, how much he brought to the set, the different things that he did, all that kind of stuff. So... In terms of the 4K transfer, the office and the playing scenes where it's sort of, I suppose, a constricted location, it's quite a small location, do look quite grainy. But outside, all the outdoor scenes really pop. That initial chase down the street for a taxi between Kevin Bacon and 
uh, Steve Martin, it really pops, really, really comes across really well. Uh, the certain snow sequences outside as well come across really, really well. But when it's in a tight knit environment, like again, the you know the hotel sequence or the office sequence or the plane sequences, that's where the grain sticks out a little bit. Um, this definitely looks older than Reservoir Dogs did do, but again, I'm now more intrigued to get my hands on this on the disc and to to look at the the lost luggage uh, features and the extra features and the and the extended sequences and all that kind of stuff. So they were both good films to go back to. I'm glad I got the chance to go back to them, watch them again, because uh, again, it was I'd, I'd seen Reservoir Dogs once before, and I think you're talking like ten years ago now. And I'd seen planes, trains, and automobiles again, maybe once before, but it was just before I spoke to James King about John Hughes films. So I'm glad that I managed to go back and see both of them. A little bit disappointed that it's not for the reasons that I intended to. So with the 4K transfer for Reservoir Dogs and for the extra features on planes and trains, but it is what it is. They're both available now. Planes and trains is available through Paramount um, and is on 4K UHD and Blu-ray as well. And if you are a digital collector, I believe that the 4K uh, copies have been upgraded as well on things like iTunes. So that might be a place to go and check things out. But if, like me, you want you want to see more extra stuff, deleted scenes, extended footage, all that kind of stuff, you're probably better off going getting the disc version of Planes and Trains. And if you're a completist and you're a big Reservoir Dogs fan, you're probably going to get the disc for that as well. So a bit of a a short one, I'd say. Bit of a sort of strange one in that I'm mixing two films together here. But I thought it'd be good to just get something up before Christmas. Um, I'm not sure what's going to come next. It might be another Ruby review. We are looking at going watching Matilda at some point. And um, maybe, because it's Christmas, we'll do, a, we'll do a bit of a Home Alone review because we'll watch Home Alone on Christmas Eve. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll come up here and we'll do that as well. And I know me and Ollie are talking about doing a couple of tier lists we want to do a Disney classic tier list and stuff. So hopefully we can get that off the ground over Christmas as well. There will be more required learning episodes coming your way after Christmas at some point for Jojo Rabbit, Lost Boys and Dracula when I get round to uh, teaching those for the first time and creating the resources for those as well. So in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. You can help support Farron on Film by going over to our sponsor, Offworld Tees, using the code Farron, that's F-A-R-A-N-D, for 15% off your order. Because it's Christmas, but they've been doing a lot of sales. They've been sending out a lot of different discount codes and stuff like that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Farron and at Farron on Film. I might end up merging them into just one account, probably the Adam Farron account, because I tend to just tweet everything off that one anyway. Uh, you can go over to, I was going to say you can go over to Facebook, but I don't even think I manage that anymore. So maybe don't do that. But again, apparently Twitter's closing down. Who knows? Just keep watching. Go back and watch all the other all the other videos. Go listen. Go back and listen to all the uh, the stuff on Spotify that's there as well. And in the meantime, stay safe. Look after each other. Have a good Christmas. Have a good New Year. And I will see you next time.